Hi, this is Lily, and I'm a member of the Beacon Church. Welcome to our podcast. If you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to meet you. Here's a change of schedule. Beginning April 29th until June 17th, we will be meeting at 8.30 a.m., 9.45 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 12.45 p.m. We are located at 65 East Williston Avenue in East Williston, New York. For more information, visit us at visitbeacon.com. See you soon. We do have a baptism coming up this summer, and we would love for you to be a part of it. If you have not yet been baptized and it's something you've been thinking about or wondering about, please talk to us. We would love to get you some more information and have a, uh, it's going to be a beach baptism at uh, Jones Beach. It's always an awesome time, so we would love for you guys to, uh, to be a part. So opera singers can sing themselves deaf. I, I didn't know that was even a thing, but it is a possibility. An opera singer can produce 140 decibels at three feet away. That's equivalent to a jet taking off from an aircraft carrier. So they can actually become deaf. Now, uh, Dr. Tomatis, he was an ENT in the mid-1900s who came across a fascinating case. In this situation, that an opera singer could no longer hit notes that were previously well within his vocal range, but he couldn't hit them anymore. So he had gone to a whole lot of specialists, and they continued to tell him the same thing. Something is going wrong with your aging vocal cords. Clearly, that has to be the problem. You can no longer hit the notes. After extensive tests, Dr. Tomatis came to the conclusion that it was something entirely different. He discovered that he couldn't hit, that the opera singer couldn't hit the notes because he couldn't hear the notes. It wasn't a vocal problem at all. It was a hearing problem. Now we have been talking in previous weeks about how we can't often hear from God. And we wonder what's going on. And we have been saying the problem is that we have hearing problems. And if this is true, that God, in fact, wants to communicate with us, in fact, he promised he would communicate with us, why is it we don't hear? And Mark Batterson explains it like this. He says, learning how to hear the voice of God is the solution to a thousand problems. It is also the key to discovering our destiny and fulfilling our potential. If your life is off-key... Maybe it's because you've been deafened by the negative self-talk that doesn't let God get a word in edgewise. Maybe you've listened to the voice of criticism so long you can't believe anything else about yourself. Or maybe it's the enemy's voice of condemnation that speaks lies about who you really are. If you don't silence those competing voices, they'll eventually deafen you. You won't be able to sing God's song because you won't be able to hear his voice. See, many of the problems that we experience in life are actually hearing problems. You might say, well, I've got these marriage problems, and that's because my wife is being unreasonable. But what if that's not the reason? Maybe you think that the conflict you're having at work is because you've got these conniving coworkers. Maybe. 
Maybe that's not the reason. You have struggled long with anxiety and depression. And you know that it's got to be a chemical imbalance that you were born with. Perhaps. But what if it's not? What if it's a hearing problem? You think that the reason that you've stalled out in your faith is because God is holding out on you. But maybe he isn't. Maybe you're simply not dialed into what he is saying. Maybe you're wondering about your professional life and you're like, you know, I don't understand. I can't get a job. How come I can't work? How come I can't? It must be the economy. It has to be nepotism. It has to be these incompetent interviewers. Or maybe it's a hearing problem. See, fortunately, Dr. Tomatis discovered methods for helping his patients, including his deaf opera singers. He found a way to help them hear again. And we can also learn to hear better as well. See, God talks to us through people. And he does it all the time. He may be talking to you every day and you don't even realize it. What a bummer it would be to be missing out on what God is actually trying to say to you. See, God speaks to us all the time through other people. Now, in previous messages, we explored how it is that God wants to communicate with us. All right, so we, we talked about how important the Bible is and how, you know, God really wants to, to get his message through to us. We talked about trusting in our purified desires. We looked at uh, trying to understand the whole closed doors and open doors a little bit more. But today, we're focusing on a powerful tool God uses, other people. And I, I think we often miss out on what God is saying to us because we simply don't give enough credence to what people around us are saying that might very well be the words of God. Now, it's easy for us to say we already know that God does talk to us clearly through some people. We have prophets and pastors and priests and poets and professionals and other things that start with P. But God does speak through what I want to call professional talkers. Now, I say professional and the Bible is filled with all sorts of examples. And this could be anyone. It could be an author. It could be someone who wrote a song that, that spoke to your life in some way. It could be a podcast that you're listening to or a book that you've read. These are people who are, are trying to communicate God's will for your life to you. They're usually doing it in sort of general ways with principles. Now, the role of the professional talker is very important because we actually expect to hear from God in those moments. We expect it. Now, we ought to expect it, I should say. Maybe not everyone always expects it, but we certainly ought to expect it. Professional talkers, they can often hit hard. They can offer encouragement to us. They could sack us with a rebuke when we weren't quite looking for it but they play a very important part. Professional talkers, not only are they important, they're usually handsome and, and winsome and funny and very intelligent. And we should take just a few moments and reflect on the value of their role. No, I'm just kidding. They could actually sometimes be great and sometimes they're good and sometimes they're actually lousy or down, downright misleading and dangerous. And usually there's some combination of all of those things. 
But the key thing to remember is though we come with an expectation, which we ought to, an expectation that we'll hear from God, that's only a small part of the voices that God is trying to use to teach us what his will is. Because God also speaks through all of the other people around you. He speaks through proximate talkers. And what I mean by this is simply people who are in your proximity. I'm not even talking, I didn't want to even say close talkers, because that's a whole other thing. And I didn't want you to think it was about relationships close, because it doesn't have to be even close relationships. We're talking about here people that are near you. It could be family or coworkers. It could be neighbors or acquaintances. It could be friends or even frenemies or enemies. It could be anyone whose life brushes up against yours in some way. Anyone that you might hear their words and in some way discern the voice of God in those words. It could be a student at school. It could be a guy at the grocery store, the pizza delivery guy. It could be you know, the gal who does your nails. It's simply anyone who brushes up against your life. So let me tell you the story about Queen Esther. If you can open in a Bible to Esther chapter 2, verse 5, and I want to tell you just a little bit of this fascinating story by way of background. Esther 2, chapter 5. So the Jewish people had found themselves in exile in the city of Susa in ancient Persia. Now, the Persian Empire was extensive, going from India all the way through to as far as Greece at one point down into Egypt. It was a massive empire. And the king of Persia was named Xerxes. We have a photo of Xerxes back from the day. All right, we don't really have a photo. It was a long time ago. But we do have a relief of Xerxes. And this is probably more what he looked like. But history tells us that he was, in fact, a fearsome king. Fearsome. Brutal and uh, incredibly smart and building this epic empire. A great strategist. He fought and grew his empire. One day, where our story picks up, Xerxes throws this monster party for days on end. And then he ordered his stunning wife, Vashti, to come on out and stand before the court and the people so that they might gaze upon her beauty, further enhancing his glory. Vashti refused. This was not the answer the king was hoping for. So Vashti gets booted as queen. The king ends up needing a new bride. This is where Queen Esther comes in. A kingdom-wide beauty pageant was now held. And wouldn't you know it, Esther was chosen as queen. This was an orphan girl from a people living as exiles in the Persian Empire with a different faith, completely different customs. And she was selected as queen. And do you know why she was selected as queen? No. She was smoking hot. That's what the Bible tells us. That's why she, they say it a little differently, but that's actually why Esther became queen. And God guides Esther through the words of a man named Mordecai. And I think God ends up guiding us 
incomparable ways through people. So look at verse 5. Now, there was in the citadel of Susa a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin, named Mordecai, son of Jer, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, who had been carried into exile from Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, among those taken captive with Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Mordecai had a cousin named Hadassah, whom he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This young woman, who was also known as Esther, had a lovely figure and was beautiful. See, I told you it was right there. Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter and when, her fa- well, when her father and mother had died. When the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many young women were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Hegai. Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Hegai, who had charge of the harem. She pleased him and won his favor. Now jump down to verse 20. But Esther had kept secret her family background and nationality, just as Mordecai had told her to do. For she continued to follow Mordecai's instructions as she had done when he was bringing her up. She continues to follow Mordecai's guidance, and she also, we find out in the story, she followed Haggai's advice as well. She would continually listen for the voice of God and the people around her, and because she was responding to it as if it was from God, we find out this incredible insights and circumstances start to accumulate for her. And getting insight from other people, trusting people, To help us know God's will is a key part of hearing from God. So often we are too quick to cast aside the collective wisdom of other people. And we do it, I'm sure, because we like, you know, it's my life. It's my way. I'm in charge. I'm going to do it how I want. But maybe this isn't always the best attitude. Because there are people all around us every day who can actually help guide us into God's plan for our lives. There are people all around us who can help us hear from God. Now, for you, it might be an encouraging word that you realize behind it, you you hear something more. And you think, you know what, this might very well be God speaking to me through these people. Or maybe it's that little bit of wisdom you needed at just the right time to make the right decision. It might be the insight that someone gives you into your personality or your character. And that little insight helps you say no to the wrong job and yes to the right job. See, the people around you, they can, they can help you hear the voice of God in many different ways. In fact, on your seat when you came in, you found a little sheet there. It's called a, it was describing a survey we're doing called the chat survey. And I really do hope that you guys will all participate in this survey. And what is it? It's a way for us to hear from you, to try to discern God's voice for us through this survey. I think this is an important thing for us to do. It's also a shameless plug for the chat survey because it's part of my doctoral studies and I really need you to fill it out. So if you could, that would be great. And we will actually use that information as a church to help figure out what is God trying to do here in our midst. See, God guides us through people. He also God also challenged Esther through the words of Mordecai. And I think God challenges us through people. Look, flip over to Esther 4, verse 7. Now, before this part of the story, things have taken a very dark turn. A man named Haman has 
risen up in power in the kingdom, along with Mordecai. But Haman hates Mordecai. He finds out that Mordecai is a Jew. He decides he doesn't just hate Mordecai, he hates all the Jews. And he's going to kill Mordecai and all of his people, not knowing the queen is also Jewish. That's where our story kind of picks up. Mordecai hears about this, and he goes and he pleads with one of the servants of the queen, of Esther. Verse, chapter 4, verse 7. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa to show to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death. Unless the king extends the golden scepter, to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. God led Esther and saved the Jewish people throughout the entirety of the Persian Empire because of a challenging word that came from another person. Because Mordecai called her out and challenged and encouraged her to do the right thing. And I think in the midst of our own fear and difficulty and, and risky situations, we are often tempted to withdraw or to hide or to pull away. Maybe you're facing some sort of an, a sin issue that you feel like you just can't beat, some codependent relationship or some sort of sexual immorality or something like that, and you think, I just can't give it up. I just can't because it would just break me. It would be too difficult. It would be too painful. See, we all face these fears and these challenges that make us want to hide and pull away. So don't fear the rebuke. Don't recoil from the confrontation. You know, don't hide and, and whine when someone calls you out. This might very well be the voice of God. It's time for us to, to man up, to hear the rebuke, and to do what we need to do because your problem might not be with that person. Your problem might actually be with God. And you have a chance to make things right because you're hearing the voice of God in your life. So what does this actually mean for us today? I want to kind of walk you through a little grid here. In the upper left, there are things that everyone knows about you. You know it about you and everyone else knows it about you. It's sort of just public information about you. But let's say you're trying to figure out how to put off some sin in your life. You're trying to get rid of some vice and you're trying to add some virtues or something like that. Let's say that's how, what you're, in this case, what you're trying to hear from God. Well, these, every, if everyone knows these things about you, this is, this is nice and easy. Professional talkers can certainly help you. You might have an issue and you go and look for a book on that topic. 
You go find a professional talker. You might be dealing with something in your soul and you hear a song and some poet has put, put this powerful message to, to words and suddenly you feel yourself encouraged and led by the voice of God. That's great. This happens. But this is also great for proximate talkers because you might need just basic wisdom and encouragement. You just can't see it because you're so in it. And so you just talk freely, open it up. This is what the great value of small groups is. You get into these groups and you start finding people who will just, they get to know you, they love you, and they just talk about what's going on in your life and it, and it leads you into God's plan for your life. This is great stuff. Now, on the upper right, you've got things that you know, but no one else knows about you. And we all have these things. The things that we're hiding, because we don't really want anyone to know that these are the things we're dealing with. And as long as we continue to hide them, they will continue to have power over us. So if you want to see God's will for your life in that, it means you probably need to bring someone into it. You need to bring a proximate talker, someone that's near you, someone that knows you in this case, someone who has wisdom and discernment and is trustworthy with your secret. And you need to be able to bring that to them in the act of confession. Let them pray for you and encourage you and hold you accountable. This is a great thing. Now there's also this category of things that no one knows about you. No one knows it, not even you. They're just big old blind spots or, or these things about yourself that are sort of just coming out. This can even happen when you're years and years in the faith. This happened recently to me. Professional talkers can be great in this because I was, I was talking to my professors. I was reading some books. They were kind of doing some self-examination of the soul and some assignments that I had to do. It was all very intentional, and I started wrestling with some things that I didn't really think were my issues. It has to do with like my desire for achievement and how I get my worth and my value out of it rather than getting it from God. It's all a big long story I'll share sometime, but it's, the, the gist of it is I didn't realize it. I didn't know it, that I had this, you know, and, and to me, the revelation of it was, was huge. And then you get to bring proximate talkers into that conversation and see if they can affirm these sorts of things as well. Do they see this? Do they understand that? Will they pray for you? Will they support you in it? And now you can do battle against things that were pulling you away from God. Then there's the lower right here corner, which is things that you don't know about yourself, but anyone that knows you for five minutes does. And these are massive blind spots, all right? And this is huge. This is, I got to tell you, this is one of the perfect places for the proximate talkers in your life to do their best work. In fact, these people don't even have to like you. And you don't have to like them. These are the people who are willing to call it out and just say, this is what I see about you. And you're like this. And you're like, no, no, I'm not like that. And they're like, no, you actually are. You're a mean person or you're self-centered or you hurt people's feelings. And they can say it however they want to say it. But it might be the voice of God trying to awaken you to a blind spot in your life. What a gift this would be. And how it would change the dynamic of that conversation, that relationship. If we were to begin to ask in all of these quadrants, what is God saying to me through them? What is he saying? Because God will reveal his will for us through people. He will. It might, you might be asking questions. What school? What girl? What job? Do I quit? Do I go on? Do, you know, do I fight? Do I flee? You know, professional talkers, they can help in this. They give you principles for life and all of that kind of stuff. But proximate talkers are a real goldmine here 
Why? Because they know you. Often they're, they actually, they, they, they've seen you, they've observed you. They can be invaluable when you're trying to figure out what God wants you to do next. In that case, you're going to want people who are filled with grace and, and maturity and wisdom and forgiveness and all of that kind of stuff to best speak God's will into your life. And so we have to create disciplines of listening to people for God's voice. Disciplines of life to recognize that everyone in your life is there by divine appointment. That there are no accidental people there. We have to learn to trust the voice of God that is coming through people. In fact, we have, to, we have to create the discipline where we learn to expect it, where we anticipate it, where we, in the morning when we wake up, we say, God, speak to me today through the people that I will interact with. Let me see, let me sense your voice behind theirs. If it's from you, make it so that I understand it, so that I can hear it. I'm open to hearing your voice through people. And then that brings us to a beautiful place because we get to recognize then that God reveals his will through us for people. And this is where some really great things can happen. It's happening anyway, quite frankly. God's already using you. He can use anyone he wants at any time. So he's already doing this. But what a gift it would be if you recognize the power of God's voice working through you. Think about how beautiful this system is. God created it in such a way that when his voice is heard through another person, it blesses the person who needed to hear the voice and it blesses the person who was able to be the conduit for God's voice. What a fantastic system this is. It's a double blessing. If you're able to remember that nobody is in your life by accident, not a single person, that there are divine appointments all around you every moment of every day. And what an encouragement that this would be to us if we could become the kinds of people who are ready and able and willing to be the voice of God in all humility to the people around us who desperately need it. What kind of men and women would we, would we try to become if we knew that we might be conduits for the voice of God? I bet we would be all prayed up. I bet we wouldn't go into a single day where we didn't say, Lord, use me today. Take away the stuff that's the junk in me and let me be a, a, a resource in your toolkit to do great things for people in this world. I bet we would try to be wise. I bet we would say, I need to know the Bible. I need to understand the scriptures. I need to be filled with the power of God's presence, with the Holy Spirit in my life every day. I need to make sure there are no blockages between me and the spirit, no sin issues that are unresolved, no sin issues. I'm still currently, I got to get rid of these things. I need to repent so that, so that the God's power can flow freely and powerfully through me into another person's life. We'd want to be careful. We want to be wise. We would want to be bold. You see, we would become the kinds of people that could be the voice of God to another. How incredibly powerful this would be. I'm going to ask that God would do this for each and every one of us in an increasing way. I'm going to ask that the band come up and they're going to bring us into another song, get us ready for the Lord's table. And as they do that, I'm going to ask that the rest of you would stand 
as I just offer up a prayer of consecration that God would make this real to us. Father, what we need is an increasing and consistent awareness that you are speaking to us through other people all the time, Lord. Give us the discernment that we need. Give us the patience we need. Let us, to, let us stop, to pause, to wait, to hear what you have for us. And Lord, may we be encouraged every day that we are in fact hearing from you. Often when we think you're not there, when, you, when we're alone, when you're not playing by our rules, but Lord, help us to play by yours. And Lord, may we as a community of faith, as a spiritual family, may we be increasingly committed to being the pure voice of God into the lives of people that need it, the voice of encouragement, a voice of hope, a voice of challenge, of guidance, of wisdom. May we be your voice to people who are hungry to hear from you. Make us these kinds of men and these kinds of women. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.